Pathaday Guam. This episode was recorded live inside a sinkhole and inside the new rock climbing gym. So as always, I encourage you to watch these episodes to get the best experience. Now just a couple quick announcements. If you like this podcast, my projects and content and would like to support them, go to www.patreon.com slash theguamguy. Thank you to my first patrons, Rachel Bateman, Patricia Hackney, and Maget Bavakwa. I also started a link tree where you can find links to all my accounts, and the web address is www.linktr.ee slash theguamguy. And with that, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Half a day, and welcome back to the Guam Guy Show. Uh, this episode is on the climbing scene of Guam. We have outdoor climbing, and now we have indoor climbing too. And for the first half of this episode, we're going to be talking about the outdoor climbing scene. I'm here with a climbing legend on Guam, Kevin Nace. Uh, he taught me how to climb. I did an intro lesson or two with him, I guess like a year and a half ago, something like that. And that's really what kind of sparked all of the extreme cleanup stuff off of Oka, is the knowledge I got off of this guy. Um, and in fact, we're actually on a climbing site right now. We're inside Devil's Punch Bowl. If you're watching this on video and you're wondering where the heck we are, that's what you're seeing in the background. That's the top of the uh, Devil's Punch Bowl. Uh, and we're in the side of it, not quite on the bottom. It goes down another maybe 20 feet or so, 15, 20 feet. Uh, so Kevin, uh, thank you for joining me. <laughs> oh, uh, it's great to be here. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess maybe let's start with you. Like, uh, when did you get to Guam? Or are you from here? How long okay. you been climbing and so, so on? So uh, I moved to Guam in 1969. My, my dad got a civil service job out here after he got out of the Navy. Uh, so we moved here in 69, uh, lived in uh, Agate for a while, lived in Upper Heights, Navy housing for about five or six years, and then Santa Rita for most of the time I've been here on island. Uh, I now live up in uh, Lighting Heights area. I've been, um, well, so... Uh, You've been here way longer than I have. I was born okay, in 87. So, <laughs> so I've been here like uh, almost almost 53 years now. Uh -huh. So, uh, so you know, when, growing up, I was super terrified of heights. I would not go near a window in a tall building. I'd stay up against the wall, afraid I was going to fall out. Uh, one day after... Uh, after I graduated high school, my mom came to me and asked me to take a skydiving class with her and my brother. And I kind of refused, and then they kind of talked me into it. And after jumping three times, it took care of all my fears. Um, from then on, I, I got into uh, rappelling and then rock climbing. Uh, I forget what year it was. I think it was 1985. I started uh, teaching classes for, wow. for rappelling mm -hmm. and slowly got into the rock climbing scene. And uh, most of my climbing has been self-taught. Um, I did have a few people coming from the stateside. Uh, they were military and they, while, while they're here, they taught me a little bit here and there. Okay, so you've been climbing and rappelling longer than I've been alive. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so you, you kind of already uh, said two key words in there. You said rappelling and climbing, and the way you talked about it was that there's different things, that there are different things, which which I guess they are. They're yeah. kind of two sides of us of an activity. Can you just want to just define that for the viewers and listeners? Okay, so so uh, so uh, rappelling is is where you hook on a descending device to a rope, and you kind of lean back against. You get your harness on. It's kind of hard to explain without. It's all right. Yeah, so it's, it's how to get down, right? So, so I have a harness here. I have a belay device here that hooks onto the rope. And 
and use it like this. You hold it back here in the back like this. You mm -hmm. give it slack and you slide down the rope. Whereas climbing, you're uh, either you're free climbing or you're bouldering or you're climbing on rope or uh, uh, lead climbing stuff where you actually put anchors in the rock and clip in for safety. Um, so that climbing up the wall is climbing. Mm -hmm. Repelling, sliding down the rope is repelling. Cool. All right. So there's, um, I don't even know if I can name all the different types of climbing. So I think everybody knows Alex Honnold's stuff. So that's called free solo, right? Free solo. That's just climbing no ropes at no all. No ropes at all. And I don't, but, I don't touch that. <laughs> but, but, but Alex Honnold practiced mm -hmm. for many years on rope mm -hmm. until he got good enough to climb without rope. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like one day he just goes, oh, I'm going to go climb the rock without, without any rope and like see what happens. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's physically and mentally prepared for it, mm -hmm. right? So we, we don't want a bunch of people thinking that, oh, I can just go do what Alex Honnold does no way. And, and survive. No and, way. And everybody that's, that's gotten into that sport, with the exception of Alex Honnold and the guy they call Spider-Man, are all dead. Because mm -hmm. they made a mistake, mm -hmm. they they missed a hold or slipped or something, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Do we have any free solo scenes in Guam? No. Good. <laughs> if they are, no one's talking about it. Good. Even better. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So just a note on that. So from another perspective, <clears throat> like geologically speaking, um, all of our climbs that I'm aware of, where I've been on, are all in limestone, and our limestone here is very. I don't, I don't uh, delicate's not the best word, but they are, they have cracks in them. They're easy to crack depending on, on how old they are, how much water has been flowing through it, them. So like this, this sinkhole and other caves all form from dissolution. So rain is slightly acidic and that kind of reacts with the, with the limestone and it slowly kind of erodes it away over the hundreds and thousands and even millions of years. Cause Guam is about 35 million years old. Right. So in some places of the world, they talk about climbing in limestone and they say it's bomb proof like it doesn't matter what you do that not your anchors aren't coming out your bolts aren't coming out whereas here it's a very different scene so if you're thinking to come here and punch a put a bunch of bolts in the wall and stuff and to set to increase safety you might not actually be increasing safety you might be actually making it more risky you want to talk about your experience with the uh, with bolts and everything here okay um for one thing inside like this cave here you cannot bolt it this rock is super crumbly. It's a good word. Uh, as soon as you touch it, it just falls off. And it maybe at one point here, uh, uh, Farron will show you what, what the ground looks like. It's all like like gravel, mm -hmm. sand. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what this whole cave is right here. Uh, so And you, you can't even climb on the walls here. It's just, it'll just come down on top of you. Mm -hmm. uh, for bolting purposes, uh, I started bolting about maybe 25 years ago. Um, I'm not going to mention the places, but uh, um, so we used to use like just regular uh, steel steel uh, anchors with uh, steel hangers. They're, they're like L-shaped with a hole in it for if you clip your carabiner on and or your, uh, your quick draw, which is uh, usually li like a sling with two carabiners. You clip and then you clip your open to that when you climb, right? So. Um, uh, that's bolted, okay, so and it takes time to bolt. You have to drill holes in the rock with a cordless drill. Um, uh, it's best to use epoxy, but back in the day, we didn't have epoxy to epoxy them into place, so we just like uh, put like an uh, expanding anchor in there, tighten it down and with, with hopes that, that, that if we fell, it would hold. Uh, the technology is always, you know, improving. Yeah, it's and... improving. So we, we, got in, we got to where we can get stainless. So stainless was good, but but um 
it only lasts what five to ten years. Uh, so we've we've had like um, incidences where where the stainless ones uh, sheared off, the either the bolt sheared off or the or the hanger itself uh, broke while people are climbing. Right, uh, people have been hurt. Um, um, uh, so you know, and that, that nowadays they have uh, titanium, and so you drill the hole, you clean it out, you put uh, epoxy in, you put your 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 titanium bolt in there. It has to go all the way in with just a little bit of, of the ring sticking out. Uh, that's to make it really solid, right? Um, and then you got to wait for it to dry before you can actually use it. You know. So you have these pieces of metal that you're permanently installing into the wall. Right? Yes. And so this is for, is it called lead climbing? It's for lead climbing, yeah. Right. So yeah. the type of climbing, if you've ever seen my other videos that I do, is I do just strictly just called top rope climbing. So we have some kind of anchor system on top, whether it's bolts and or trees or both. If there's both there, I will use everything available. <laughs> and so we'll have, a, we'll set some ropes around there, a couple of carabiners. And then we have another, the climbing rope that has a climber attached to the end of it. And that goes all the way up to the top through the carabiners all the way on top. And then the other side of the rope comes all the way back down or it's, or staying up there. And the whole thing is we're attached to one point all the way on the top which itself is attached to multiple points. Um, lead climbing is where you don't have that all on the top. You're starting at the bottom, you have to climb several feet or a few feet, then you, I guess, clip in, you and clip then you in, keep going. Yeah, you clip in uh, your, your, your quick draw, the one with the, the sling with the two carabiners, clip it in, pick up your rope, clip your rope into the, the lower carabiner, and then climb past it to mm -hmm. the next one. And you clip into that one, do the same thing over and over until you get to the top. Okay. And if you do fall, the, the hangers will, will, will actually catch you and hold you. And so if we're using any kind of technical terms, it's because there is a technicality to this. So, um, you know, climbing is a very serious sport with very strict kind of rules on, on safety and safety ratings. So absolutely everything we do and everything that we use that human life depends on is rated for that. So uh, most of the equipment is rated for, I don't know, four or eight times more force than they would ever encounter with a human falling. Is it something mm -hmm. like that? Does that yeah. sound right? How many so, things? <laughs> uh, th th these ropes that we're using back here, they're rated at 27 kilonewton. And a kilonewton is, uh, I believe, like 221 pounds per, per newton. Okay, okay, so 27 times 21. Uh, 221 whatever that is okay no it's a lot it's like it's like almost it's just still for 5,000 pounds oh wow yeah. uh, so no, it's I think really most a, I've ever weighed yeah. is, so most I've ever weighed is like 210 so it's really important <laughs> that people know that they just can't go to Home Depot and Please. buy the colored ropes that look like climbing ropes they got foam on the inside and if you remember back uh, to Fofo Caves you heard about that guy that fell inside he was actually climbing down one of those Home Depot ropes and that rope snapped and that's why he fell yeah so it's not just it's not just Home Depot. It's it's any it's any hardware store, any, hardware any generic store. rope. You cannot use any generic. Sorry, I didn't rope. mean to point yeah. out Home Depot, but you know I'm <laughs> no, just saying yeah. that's that's usually okay. where I see them. So don't think you're gonna go to Benson and be safe <laughs> yeah. with their ropes or Home Center. It's the, <laughs> you you gotta get a climbing specific rope if you're gonna get into rock climbing and or rappelling. Um, cool. So um, how many? Okay, so I guess you can set up a top rope anywhere really that you have a cliff and you have some yeah. clean rock face theoretically. Okay, you can set up a top rope as long as you have good anchor system on the top. Okay. Uh, when you set up your anchor system, you usually have to tie off to two separate anchor points to the middle, and that's where your top rope's hooked up at. Mm -hmm. Don't never depend on only one anchor. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you run, you depend on one anchor, the chance of it breaking is higher than two, two of them breaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, earlier I said I, I said you, the rope runs through one point. I, I misspoke there. I meant like uh, it, it runs through one area, and you have multiple kind of like daisy chain, um, sort of um, redundant anchors. Um, so you'll have multiple cords and um, or multiple carabiners, and then the rope runs through that. And um, so it's kind of one area as opposed to one single point. Like you don't mm -hmm. really want to reduce the number of you call like points of failures uh, or possible points of failure. So yeah, you wouldn't want to just have it through one carabiner on one rope. You'd want to have multiple ropes attached, tied to different things. And through each of those ropes, you can attach your uh, multiple carabiners. And we even go so far as to make them face different directions in case one was to uh, screw open um, and which we do use. We use like locking carabiners so they don't, um, so they, they shouldn't be coming open. And there's a little bit of stuff we do there to try to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay, now, uh, I guess this episode, uh, one of the audiences I want to speak to is people who want to get into climbing, whether they're from here or let's say they're coming from the States. They say, hey, I'm coming to Guam. Um, you have a Facebook group. Is it um, Overhang Club Guam or is it Guam Overhang Club? It's, uh, it's one of those. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Overhang Club Guam rock climbers and, and cavers. cavers. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can talk to the uh, them. Yeah. So let's say yeah. people are used to trad climbing. Can I? Should I bring my my tradi my trad climbing gear? And these are the ones with cams that you see in Tom Cruise in the movies, where they, you know, it's this device with a spring or something in it, and it can and you put you it, can put it in a crack, crack, and then it expands and it actually holds you. Yeah. All right. Should people yeah. bring their trad? Oh yeah, definitely. They should bring their their gear with them. Yeah. Uh -huh. there, there's, um, even though it doesn't look like it, there there's like 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 bottom of Tulare's point mm -hmm. going up or mm -hmm. parts of the really can't uh, Tangisen, sorry mm -hmm. uh, uh, Tangisen behind the old power plant okay mm -hmm. there's a nice rock out there with like lots of cracks and stuff you can use the cams out there mm -hmm. um, uh, you use stoppers like they got little minor really thin cracks yeah I've used uh, pitons and stuff like that over the years um, um, yeah, so, yeah, and and before you branch off and do this kind of thing, you really need the proper training for it. You don't want to just, like, just grab one of the gear, go out with a bunch of friends, and, and not really know what you're doing. You really want to be trained first, at least in the basics, just to get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, uh, I had my start with you, of course. Uh, no better place, probably no other place to get started <laughs> on Guam. Like, for the longest time, I was the only uh, freediving instructor, and I think you're still, like, really the only one showing people the ropes is that where that phrase comes from like show them the ropes show them the yeah, ropes. i guess so, yeah <laughs> um maybe that's where that maybe is. so yeah i have my start with you and um maybe you can tell people like if they want to get into rock climbing absolute beginners or if they're coming here from off island they have stuff and they just want to be shown where to go yeah. and stuff you want to how, how often how often do you do those things lead these kind of things um, take people out whatever everybody calls uh recently i had some people come in from the states uh they said they're going to come in for like a month or two and and they they contacted me and i took them out to some places uh, and i actually brought one of them down here like about a week and a half ago oh yeah. right here right here yeah. <laughs> cool yeah. uh so uh, once again we're inside devil's punch bowl <laughs> we actually have a cleanup happening right now behind us so if you see that's what if you see or hear people that's what they're doing they're picking up the trash down here there's not that much left we've been doing a really good job in here uh anyway and anyway when i started with you i remember it was surprisingly affordable. It was, it was much less than a hundred bucks for a for a first lesson, right? What, what, are, you, what yeah, are you charging 60. now? Sixty bucks. Yeah, 60. much less. Man, that is so affordable yeah. for a nice half day. Stateside, 
stateside, everywhere I went where there's climbing classes, you're talking 150 and up. Okay. You know. So there you go. Yeah. Just 60 bucks for a lesson. That's 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 incredible. And um. it's, it's anywhere from four to eight hours. Okay. Um, how big of a group can you uh, get together? Comfortably 10. Okay. Uh, I've done more than that. It's a uh, uh, problem with uh, if you had too many people, it just takes longer to process through the people. Mm -hmm. And most people just sit around waiting for hours, waiting for their turn. It's just be smaller groups are better. Mm -hmm. Like uh, five or six is better than 10, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. you know? uh, and l unless you really got a big group of friends, you, everybody wants to go. You know? I, mean, I, ca I can take as many as 15 if you got a big group that really wants to go together. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I really, we really cannot stress enough how important it is to go with someone who knows the area like very well, um, where the anchors and the bolts and all that stuff are, and also just to like kind of show you the area because like we like I keep coming back to we it safety is so big, so critical, so crucial in this sport. Um, whether it's using the equipment that's actually rated for climbing, again, you can't just use generic ropes from a hardware store. You've got to use climbing specific equipment, climbing specific ropes that can handle falls and so on. Um, I'll, I'll tell you about an accident um, that um, I was I was showing a fr uh, when I was telling a friend to, for his first rock climb. The, um, we went up to a, a beginner climbing route, and this is his first time. He's about 70% of the way up, and he's doing a really good job. And um, just a small chunk of the wall comes down, and so there's a handful of like melon-sized, like cantaloupe to watermelon-sized rocks that came down, and so. Um, fortunately, we were being good. We were doing a good job. These things kind of they do happen. You know, it's Mother Nature. Um, no, nothing is completely safe. Everything is just one level of risk or another, and we do our best to manage those risks in case anything goes wrong. That day, something did go wrong, and we did, and we actually managed the risk really well. So we were away from the wall, um, and we were watching the whole time. And so when the rocks did come down, we were aware of it. And it didn't hit us. It hit in front of us because we were being very smart to stay away from directly under the climber where things might fall or, or a climber might fall. And the climbers, climbers don't fall very far depending on how good a job your belayer is. And so the climber is a person climbing up and then on one end of the rope and then the rope runs through some, through some hardware, let's say, um, whether it's on the top or in the middle of the wall. And then the other end of the rope is attached to another person. So if you fall, that other person will catch you. And that person's not just holding the rope because that is a good way to unalive yourself. Uh, <laughs> unalive yourself. Nice <laughs> uh, I saw it in a meme. <laughs> so again, you have the climber uh, attached to one end of the rope and the middle of the rope is attached through some hardware. And then the other end of the rope is attached to another person. It's harness. So both people are in climbing harnesses and with that harness you have some kind of device that will catch the rope um, with your, as long as you're doing a good job of holding the rope, you only need to use a few pounds of force to just keep that rope there. So if the climber does fall, if there's very little slack in the rope, they're only going to fall a few feet. Um, some people will make a really big fall just for fun, which isn't that which is okay if the anchor systems are safe and the rocks are safe. I don't recommend it for Guam, but you know, this is, I'm, I would still consider myself fairly amateur. What do you think about taking big whips? We call that a whip when someone takes a big fall on purpose. 
Well, I've taken a few big falls myself. And, on purpose? And no, it was on accident, but okay. still, but but the anchor still held. Uh -huh. And that that was like up at uh, Tengisen. What'd you do on purpose? Uh, I have done it on purpose, mm -hmm. and the person blamed me, caught him by surprise, and it pulled him off the ground. And I saw the rot flying by my face. I go, oh, that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. But but they they managed to catch me. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a, it's another kind of fun thing. Sometimes we'll do that on purpose is we'll make it a soft catch where if the person is falling, we kind of just like give it a light little jump or soft or soften the knees so that they don't have a big jerk and it's it's more kind of gentle for both people. It just kind of delays the, uh, the force that's happening. Um, cool. Uh, let's see. If people are coming out here, is there any of their gear they should just leave at home or how much of their gear should they bring or so on? Well, Guam's full of possibilities, you know. Like, so, I love so, that. That's so, such a great so, phrase. <laughs> so if you go into Telefapa Caves, we, we have this one rock in there called Broccoli Rock. It's, it's a top rope. Uh, it could be bolted, but I really didn't want to drill any holes in the, in the, in the, inside the cave on the rock. The rock's really nice. You know, like, uh, uh, I don't want to damage it. You know, like, so mm -hmm. we're just using top rope. But, I appreciate but, that. But a lot of the other walls around the cave need to be bolted and able to reach the higher parts. Um, so you'd have to like bolt from the ground up, not from the top down, since there's no way to get the top without bolting first, right? So um, uh, bring your ropes, bring your harnesses, your carabiners, your helmets, uh, your headlamps, um, knee pads. You probably get them here. In, in, in case you don't want to bring your stuff with you and you just want to buy here, you can always go to uh, Southern Mountain Gear and buy all your gear there. Mm -hmm. um, they, they have pretty much everything that you need. Um, um, I'd say just bring everything you have. Uh, you you never know what what what. Uh, you never know what you'll find out here on Guam to climb. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's there's cliffs everywhere. Yeah, and it's you know? and it's it's mostly kind of been you, huh? Just kind of doing all the exploring and yeah. stuff. So there yeah. is a, you know, a lot of I guess untapped potential. Yeah, to there's a lot of the, yeah. the the outdoor climbing scene here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, in case I didn't mention it yet, the stick around. The second half of this episode is going to be on the indoor climbing scene. We're opening a. There's not. I'm not part of it, but there is a climbing gym that's going to be opening a bouldering gym, and we'll talk about that in a, in another few minutes or so. Um, is there any outdoor bouldering here? And this outdoor bouldering is very. Yeah, there, yeah it's there, not high at all. You you fall onto pads. There's no ropes. Yeah. You just have pads for your safety system. So there is outdoor bouldering, but you need to be hooked up with the bouldering community to find these places. Uh, they're pretty much kept secret uh, amongst their, their friends. You know, they don't want to go out there and find that they can't climb there because it's full of people, right? So, mm -hmm. so they, I guess they're pretty much secretive about their, their special places to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah, it's a typical thing. You hear about that at all kinds of sports communities, like some surfers like have their secret breaks and yep. stuff like that, right? So, um, and you know, that, I, that, that, that makes a kind of sense too. So um, I guess the best place to start would be your Facebook group, huh? Yeah, or, that's um, the best place to start. Yeah. And what's it called again? Overhang Club. Overhand Club, Guam Rock Climbers and Cavers. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, Which brings it down to the caving part. So there's plenty of caves on the island. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of caves. A lot of it's on private lands. You really got to go and talk to the private landowners to get access to the caves. And if they give you access, then you could really explore some really cool caves on this island. There is. So I absolutely love caves. I am claustrophilic. Most, claustrophobic. Most people are claustrophobic. <laughs> They're scared of the small, tight spaces. Oh, I what, love what, them. What's claustrophilic? 
Huh? Which claustrophilic? I have to like wiggle through and suck my stomach in to oh. pass through a space. Oh. Okay. So like the uh, dry Asiga cave, the one at the base of the cliff, mm -hmm. like that one, um, I could go tighter than that if uh, I'd still be happy. Or the alternate entrance into uh, the like the four or five chamber Talapopo cave. Mm -hmm. So there's one you kind of have to squat in, yeah. and then there's one you have to like kind of just belly rub your way through. I like to <laughs> go through that one mm. and take people yeah. through that one and not tell them that there's another <laughs> entrance. Oh. <laughs> no. So we, uh, 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 20 years ago, we used to have a uh, club out here called Micronesian Cavers. Hmm. And we used to go out and uh, find the caves, explore them, and, and map them out. Uh, oh. Survey them. Was Danko you know. part of that? Danko was part of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he wrote, literally wrote a book. Yeah, he did, yeah. Caves and Cars of Guam, right? Uh, I've, I, uh, every, I've sure. probably read through it three or four times. When I pick it up, I kind of just read through the whole thing one yeah. shot. It's such a great book. It's a hard book to find these days. Is it's, it? It's, it's, I, don't, I, think, I don't think he's publishing it anymore oh man yeah i think i think i have one copy left and um yeah that uh, i don't take that out of my house anymore collector's item mm -hmm. no um or just valuable resource too mm -hmm. cool all right so we talked about bouldering we talked about top rope um let's talk about uh, we talked about trad climbing and this what's the difference between okay so lead climbing is anything that uses rope that's not top rope yeah, yeah. okay so how many so, kinds of so lead climbing are there well, you got trad. Trad. You got the sport climbing. That's where you're using the, the pre-made anchors in the wall, right? So you clip into it. Okay. So this is the one where you have a whole bunch of uh, carabiners dangling off the. Yeah, air, right, right. And then and as you go it, up, you yeah. clip it. You, you <coughs> yeah. take a carabiner off your harness, you clip it on the anchor, and then you run the rope through that. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> and How far is it between like one clipping clipping in and one spot to the next? Because my follow-up question is, um, how big is that fall going to be if you fall from <laughs> from from one to the other? Anywhere from, I don't know, uh, I don't know, ten to fifteen feet, maybe. Okay. So that way, if you fall, you're falling like twenty to so thirty double feet. Double that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that's if you're up to the neck and you miss and you fall. Yeah. That's okay. <clears throat> pretty big falls. And again, it's it's <clears throat> it's you know. There's risk to that, but that risk can be managed if you have good training, your buddy is doing their job well, mm -hmm. and you have all properly rated equipment, right? Yes. And so that happens all the time, and um, the, usually when there's injuries or anything that goes wrong, it's because they're, mm -hmm. they're just skipping on some kind of safety, um, yep. right? Uh, okay, so that was TRAD, which is the one we're using like um, the mechanical devices to stay pinched in a crack, right? Um, as you're going along, um, probably other equipment too. And then there was, uh, you just said that there was sport climbing, right? Yeah. What's the one where you're going really fast, like that was in the Olympics? Oh, the speed climbing Speed thing? climbing? That's done in gyms, right? Yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay. Uh, is, no. it, is it not done outdoors? Ever? Um, and unless you're Alex Honnold or something like that, then you're speed climbing up like El Capitan, yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is speed climbing really just sport climbing that's really fast? Actually, the speed climbing is like top rope. Oh, it's top rope. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we don't have that here. <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, I think they're talking about doing it inside the gym. I think they just invented right. that just to make climbing more, <clears throat> like, eat better to more fun to watch for the Olympics, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. So usually climbing is not done for speed. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Fun. It's fun. Taking your time. Mm -hmm. uh, fit. Figuring out the different moves you got to make to to get to the top. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> as opposed to like sit there okay i gotta run up this route and like yeah 
it takes a lot of energy and I, I guess it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I've really never got into speed climbing, but mm. <clears throat> I don't know. know. It's like uh, like when I go hiking, I like to you know move at a moderate to fast walk. I definitely don't run because I right. enjoy being out there. I enjoy doing the thing. Mm -hmm. If I want you know for me, if I if I was gonna go running, I would just go running. I don't want to really mix <clears throat> mix those yeah. two. Yeah. And, and so I guess where I'm going with this is there's. There's some kind of climbing for everybody if you're, you know, and I guess you should be kind of starting, you know, either with top rope or in a gym because these are the easiest kind of ways to get into it. It's a fewer number of things you got to do. Like with top rope, if you fall, you right. know, it's somebody else that's going to manage that. It's your belayer that's going to manage right. that. And so you can kind of just focus on what you're doing and learn the moves, learn how to move your body and so on. And, yeah. And then of course uh, we're gonna have that we have that gym opening, um, or recently opened depending on when this gets released or when you're watching it. Yeah. So there there is another type of climbing. It's called aid climbing. What's aid climbing? That's I don't where, even know what that is. <laughs> that's where you're you're relying only on your gear to get you to the top, right? Like uh, you got pecans, these like uh, wedge type things, and you pound them in the rock, you clip into that, and you got like a uh, uh, like like a a rope ladder type thing, and you step up in it, and you put another piton, then you clip into that, and you climb up. They're using that, uh, yeah. You're basically just using your gear to get you to the top. Mm -hmm. You know, to get past really difficult sections of climbs, like big overhangs and stuff like that. Oh, you know, okay, seriously. You know, um, I think back in the day. Um, All right, sorry. Just when, let me let me just interrupt for a second. So before. Aside from not 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 aid climbing, but with the other climbings, you're just relying completely on your hands and your special shoes to climb up, and then the ropes are just there if you fall. But That's aid right. climbing is using other devices to actually help you ascend. That's right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, if you're wondering, um, if you're wondering about how we're gonna get out of this cave, <laughs> it's it's a good what 45, 50 foot something drop like that. Yeah. Right. So we have like these mechanical. Uh, rope grab ascender things with like cams on it you know, with teeth and got like a on on one you have like a, a foot loop and you have like a what a lot of you guys are doing they, they have like uh, their their, their descending device it's actually a belay device so they have the rope through there so they step up and they pull the rope through step up and pull the rope through whereas I do it I have two of the the handheld ascenders with foot loops and I just kind of climb up like this using using my, my hands and 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 both feet Mm -hmm. to climb up my I, I find my way to be easier for me but it takes longer to master mm. you know it's, it's not it's not like uh, it's not like you get on it and you know exactly how to do it uh, if you're not used to it you end up like hanging back like this and doing pull-ups the whole way up where you're supposed to actually have your feet under you and you stand straight up and just gently climb straight up yeah so um, yeah that, that's kind of thanks for talking about that that's funny so this is actually not really climbing because we can't climb the walls it's it's called devil's punch bowl and it's literally shaped like a punch ball inside mm -hmm. with a hill inside of it so there's if the rock is too crumbly and um, you can't climb in on it and it's just kind of too overhang to get over the lips so you just have ropes hanging over the sides and then we're just literally going straight up the ropes with special equipment multiple pieces of special equipment actually um, actually, I get first climbing their standard equipment, but for everybody else, their mm -hmm. special equipment to help us just go straight up. Um, and it does take some work. Um, there's ways to reduce that work, and there's different ways of doing it correctly, and um, and different ways of doing it safely. But it all just comes down to 
being shown the ropes by someone who really knows what they're doing and, and also who really knows the area in the, in the case of Guam, since it's kind of special here. Like with them, um, you're talking about you're, you're putting some bolts into the walls um, and they were stainless steel, but you found that they were either like rusting or corroding? Yeah, they corrode, yeah. After, okay. after a certain amount of time, the, the, salt, the salt spray, oh. be, be, being, being out in the elements, uh, uh, back, back at Tangisen over where the power plant was, when the mm -hmm. power plant was open, right? So all that uh, toxic uh, fumes and stuff coming out of the power plant, that would help corrode the metal too. Okay. Right. It's so, not something I would have thought about. Right. So um, um, they're, they're saying that titanium will last like 200 years. Wow. As opposed to the stainless only lasts like 5 to 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, even if you do come out and you happen to find it, you don't know how old those are, if they've been changed yeah. or managed. So you should never use gear unless you really know the people that are using it and they, they know exactly how old this stuff is. Okay. And yeah. so that's that's you. <laughs> yeah. And so you can uh, find him on Facebook, Kevin Nace, or uh, on his Facebook group, uh, no, um, which we've already said. Um, I'm going to try it. Overhang Club, Guam Walk, cli Rock Climbers and Cavers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I got it. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you like, you could also like um, follow uh, me and um, um, I'll have links to kind of everything in my show notes and in my own. I have a link tree. That's a L-I-N-K-T-R dot ee slash the guam guy and then that contains all of the links to everything you see including this podcast and other um places that my podcast is hosted um and my other social medias and stuff um cool i guess we have another like uh, um can take another five minutes or we can edit uh anytime and anything else that we you wanted to say to anybody who's um getting into climbing whether they're local or they're moving here anything like that well, if you're thinking that maybe the sport's too dangerous, uh, you know, as long as you get the proper training, it's pretty safe. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and you, and I tell you, once once you start doing it, you'll have a really great time and you just want to keep on doing it. It really is so fun. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, yeah, I, 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 I feel you on that, especially not just as a, I guess, a new climber, but as a, as a professional freedivers, mm -hmm. uh, freediver. Um, you know, we have like scuba divers who be like, man, I don't know about that free diving. That's dangerous. Shallow water blackout and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And they're right and they're not fully right because they know what risks are, but they don't know how to manage those risks. And that's why I teach free diving. That's why I have classes so I can show people, you know, exactly how to prevent these issues. And if something did go wrong, how to recover that. So I, in the beginner level class, I teach how to rescue someone who's blacked out mm -hmm. from between two beginner students. And that's the seriousness of which we take safety is, mm -hmm. you know, even beginners should have <clears throat> some understanding of what to do and what not to do in a variety of scenarios. And um, I would say that goes even more so for climbing where you don't have as much time to react. Sometimes you have no time to react to things. Right. right. And, and so um, I've said before, I don't like to use the word dangerous because it doesn't really mean anything. Like no. there is things, no. everything has risk. Everything <clears throat> on the road has risk. And yeah. And you can manage that risk with proper equipment, proper training, and people who also know what they're doing, Definitely. or people who are better than you um, in that particular yes. activity. Yes. And so, yeah, hit up this guy if you want to get into climbing, or if you're already into climbing and you want to just be shown around Guam. Um, very affordable, 60 bucks for an intro lesson. That is absolutely, that's crazy. <laughs> I think it used to be cheaper a few years ago, right? We started out at 25. Okay, that's, I, that I don't, was like, that was not, no. That was like, 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was a different currency yeah. basically back then. <laughs>
Back then, $25 worth a lot more mm-hmm. than it is today. Yeah, yeah I, especially in the grocery store, right? You can feel all that. No. Okay, uh, any final word before I, uh, I uh, transition no. us over to the well, climbing gym? Uh, for all those that are interested, look me up, and I look forward to seeing you there. Cool, thanks. So that was Kevin Nace, uh, I guess the godfather of uh, rock climbing and rappelling here on Guam. Um, and right after this, I'm going to be joined um, with Noah and um, maybe another guy or two from the uh, climbing gym that's opening up, the bouldering gym. And so that's going to be happening right now. And we're back with Noah Banez of the rock climbing gym here on Guam. Fun fact, I know him through his wife. And as well as I was trying to set this up, she sent me his contact info and it came through as husband Banez. And I just decided to save it to my phone that way. How's it going, husband? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in the first half of the episode, we were with Kevin Nace and we're talking about the outdoor climbing scene on Guam. And now we're going to talk about the indoor climbing scene on Guam, which is brand new. Um, So, yeah, tell tell us about how did you get involved with this project and and uh, I guess who the major movers are, someone named Rui, right? Yeah. So. I actually got involved only about three and a half, four weeks ago. Um, I'm new to Guam, so I moved here about three months ago. So this is all very fresh for me, including the island. Um, So I haven't gotten to explore and see all of the outdoor climbing yet, but that's on the docket. So um, I came here with the intention of opening up a rock gym. And when I heard that Ray, um, spelled R-U-I, but Ray and Michael, um, two gents, uh, one of them owning the badminton gym, which we're currently in, um, decided to open up the rock gym. And um, they bought these walls along with all the holds and the mats and, and kind of didn't know too much about the sport in general, except that it would be a fun thing for people to do. So they bought those things. They had them shipped here. And they were, they were sitting here, actually, when I first came to meet with, with Ray. Um, so after a few weeks of talking, we decided to join and uh, partner up. So I'm, yeah, I'm partnered with Michael and Ray in this project. But they're not really climbers, or they weren't? No, no, not climbers. And they decided to open a gym. Indeed. That's, so, that's so cool. Like, um, I went to, in Korea, where my wife is from, there's a, a swimming pool that's 80-something feet deep. It's called a K26. It's like 85 feet deep. And the guy who opened it went to, I think it was Italy, where he saw the Y40, which is this 130-foot uh, deep pool for, for diving. It's a diving pool, and he thought it was so cool. He wanted to open up one in his country, and he's not even a free diver, <laughs> if, I, if I recall the story correctly. So it's really cool. You have these awesome people who have this vision, and they want to see it happen, even if they're you know, not part of it. They're, it's cool that they'll be down to make it happen for others yeah. um, when they know that there's like a, a community or even if um, maybe they need to even know maybe they just took a chance and is, is that what happened do you I know I think it was a big chance okay and, and it worked so mm-hmm. well uh, hopefully it works yeah so um, with climbing we, we talked about like aid climbing and free climbing and so on um, um, and now we just have bouldering which is a, a very different kind of thing um, a friend showed me a, an article, you, um, you did an interview for, I can't remember if it was the newspaper, or one of the newspapers, or KUAM, or Guam Sports Network, and he's like, hey, look, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know that that's happening, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm really excited about it, and I'm like, yeah, me too, and he said that he really likes the actual climbing part of climbing, and so I think there's a, a kind of cool thing, there's a, a sort of purity to it, with outdoor climbing, and the climbing I'm used to, it's, it's very much relying on the ropes and the equipment, and so a lot of times that's where my focus is. It's on the safety, it's on the equipment, on the rigging, as we like to call it. But here it's kind of, there's a purity, it's just movement. You just need shoes and chalk. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just shoes and chalk. 
yeah, bouldering is a different beast. You know, some you have roped climbing, a very technical uh, discipline in climbing where you have quick draws, carabiners, you have ascenders, you have grigris, you have tube style belay devices. You have you have all sorts of gear that you can kind of geek out on and and like be a gearhead about. Um, so it's very technical. It requires a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But with bouldering, it's super simple. All you need is a a pair of climbing shoes and maybe a little bit of chalk and, and that's all you need to uh, to start going up the wall and of course a facility <laughs> and a facility does help I know there but are as an individual yeah, but there are some boulders actually out here on some of the uh, on some of the beaches that you can climb mm-hmm. um, I've seen them I haven't climbed on them uh, but you know it, it makes it difficult that it's really humid and uh, and that it's really hot it makes climbing a little bit difficult so and our rock I imagine is How's our rock in your in your experience? <laughs> Some of it is okay. Some of it's Some of okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, but from what I've touched, it's very very sharp, and and tends to kind of flake off. So, you know, it it can be a dangerous uh, activity, both inside and outside. But I think a little bit more so when the rock is um, mm-hmm. is the way it is here. So. Yeah, I was talking in um, in the earlier half of this episode about what makes Guam special in that regard, and it's our limestone can be either really crumbly or really crackly. And it, it just adds to the risk for the outdoor climbing side if you are not properly equipped. Um, and maybe even if you are properly equipped and don't quite know what you're doing. So um, it's so nice to have a facility we can learn indoors now and at least get used to the motions, develop the right muscles. Um, just looking at you, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling like I need to develop some of the right muscles. <laughs> you won't see very many climbers like me i'm like i'm really heavy for a climber mm-hmm. so most of the mo- really good climbers you know they're they're pretty lean um, yeah. that doesn't mean that climbers can't climb when they're heavier but you just won't see that in the elite climbers you know what mm-hmm. i mean so yeah like um probably best climber in the world alexandra he's built like a toothpick right i mean and, but a really cut must like toothpick <laughs> he's yeah. really skinny but he's like yeah. there's just sinew and muscle yeah. oh that guy and, yeah. and that's and man that that sounded not as polite as i uh, that, that, that did not sound nice at all but like if you look at the guy it's like man that's that he could climb he's like a <laughs> he's like made out of wood like a little spider monkey yeah <laughs> adam andra the best climber in the world uh, from the czech republic he's incredible i think most people have seen free solo Mm-hmm. Alex Honnold. Alex Honnold. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Alex Honnold. When you hear Alex Honnold talking about Adamandra, it's uh, it's uh, pretty deference funny because he yeah yeah so deferential. Like oh my gosh, he's the master. And it's funny because a lot of people think Alex Honnold's the best climber in the world. He's the best free soloist, meaning no ropes or protection. But Adamandra is the best climber, meaning mm-hmm. he can climb the hardest stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm probably like in the lowest tiers in the climbing world, the very lowest tier, whatever that is. <laughs> um, most of my climbs are, are for the cleanups. And it, it's been, I guess, it's, Guam's kind of a hard place to kind of get your start with a lot of things, and I would say climbing included. So it's hard to get on our, our rock, our do- out, outdoor rock walls and kind of just learn the motions and stuff. So now it's, it's we have this place and we can actually like do it. So I was on the wall feeling like, man, I've never actually, f- felt this kind of challenge on an outdoor wall. We have so many options to choose from, but here you have to really know your placement, really know your emotions and everything. Um, and like we said, we just need shoes and chalk to start, right? Like, um, do, you, do you guys have that here? 
So currently, we do have some rental shoes coming okay. on order. Um, I think they'll be here like one or two days after our grand opening. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have shoes for sale yet. That is something that we want to have in the future. But Southern Mountain Gear, um, who you've done a pad podcast on in the past, mm -hmm. and they work with a lot of the cleanups, and I think support you in, in some major sponsor. Well. Yeah, major like nine hundred dollars a rope and another two grand check, and I just. Bought helmets, like there yeah, first. <laughs> first so they of all. have gear there at Southern Mountain Gear. Mm -hmm. and, um, they have shoes as well as chalk and harness. Everything, everything for outdoor too. For. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, everything you need we have on island now, which is not a thing we get to say very often. <laughs> we have everything we need on island, so that's absolutely beautiful. Okay, so um, we just you before uh, rolling, we ha had me up on the wall. I did uh, two or three uh, routes and. Um, I asked, what's the easiest thing you have here? And did you say that was called a V0? Yeah, there's you, a lot. Can you talk about the Vs and the, and the colors? The grade scaling, yeah. So there's a lot of different grading systems for bouldering this discipline here where there's no ropes, no harness. It's called the V scale. It's named after a guy um, <laughs> who's, uh, whose nickname was Vermin. But anyways, he, uh, he has a grade scale named after him. It's called the V scale. And it starts at V0, or depending on where you are in the world, V fun or VB, any one of those things. So V0 is where it starts at, and it goes all the way up to V17. Hmm. Um, that's the hardest in the world currently. That doesn't mean that there's not harder stuff out there. Nothing's been climbed harder than that yet, though. So V17 is the hardest thing that's been climbed. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of... Uh grades are we seeing behind us here what do we have on the spread yeah okay so we have we have v fun or v zero um or vb all the way up to v8 currently mm -hmm. um, we didn't want to go too high into the grade scales just because a lot of people on guam haven't really tried climbing and mm -hmm. and things in that v5 and up range are, are pretty difficult so you know, as the community evolves and gets stronger and stronger, we'll start putting up harder and harder routes. So you guys had um, kind of some people coming through, test climbing the wall and everything. I saw some videos look really fun. My very good friend Mike Kirego was on here and he was uh, he was doing some moves and he just looked like a, a kid in a candy store. He was just lit up. Yep. He looked so happy. And just from your observations of the, I guess, relative couple handfuls of people that have strolled through, like what's what what does it look like the hardest um someone can handle is right now or that you've seen so far you know I, was anybody able to do anyone able to do that v8 yet um, was it up yet <laughs> i know <laughs> one guy actually came from tennessee and he he is a, a climber mm -hmm. um, and he climbed up to like v10 mm -hmm. you know so that's a pretty high grade so he actually helped me set that orange one right there which is in the back on the blue, on that big blue stripe, there's an orange climb there, and that's the V8. So he helped me set that right over there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's the only one who's tried it outside of me. So me and him are the only two of who, who have tried it. Um, but he was just visiting. So, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you climb super hard and you're from here, come on over and send the V8 over there for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talked about as the climate community grows and gets stronger, you can, you know, change it. So I'm looking at the wall and there's a lot of holes in it. And uh, so just by looking at it, it, it looks quite modular. So you're able to unscrew things or unbolt. Is it screw or bolt? What do you call it? Whichever. You're able, Either one. Un, you're able to unbolt things and move them around, twist them around so you can uh, always change it. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Indeed, yeah. So there are these, um, these are, are wood panelings, essentially, mm -hmm. and there are little holes in them, and we can bolt the, um, those big holds to the wall, right? And so we can put them in any order, in any direction that we want, um, given the holds we have. And so that's called setting, root setting. Um, and each one of those roots is a, is a problem in bouldering. You call it a problem because you have to figure out the movement, figure out where to go from here to there. So we go in and take down and put up new roots every single week, or at hmm. least when we open, that'll be the case. And so you'll have fresh things to work on each week when you come in. Okay. I wonder if that's too fast. Like, I wonder if people can make it every week. Uh... I imagine for some people it's too fast. I imagine for some it might be a little too, uh, maybe too slow. Yeah. But like, um, yeah. But the, I guess the the cool thing is, it's you can change it at whatever frequency you want, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, how many? How long is this wall? Like, I don't know if the word is lineal feet or whatever, but how long is this wall? So this this wall is about seventy feet long, mm -hmm. um, and that's with you know going back with some of the overhang and all of that. And then it's about 15 feet tall from the ground. So the pad is about a foot, a foot and a half tall. So that makes it only about 13 and a half, 14 feet. It feels a lot higher when you're up there, I'll it tell feels, you right now. It feels, <laughs> high. it feels high for sure. Mm -hmm. So we do want to expand. That's the goal. Um, and, and in the very near future. So we currently have 70 feet. But over here, which you can't see, we have another span of about 70 feet, which we will... Uh, we will be adding a, a wall to as well, a more overhanging one. Oh, so put that a harder on wall. Okay, so you have this 70 foot here and you're gonna add another 70 foot? Yeah, right here. Whoa, that's, that, that's it, that's quite an investment. Yeah. <laughs> that's secret news for now, but when this is released, it'll already be uh, news to everybody else. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on the 70 feet, how many routes do you have Establish how many problems are there? How many could there be um, if you wanted to like maximum saturation if you wanted to like really yeah. fill it up? Yeah, so we went for a more aesthetic looking wall currently. We didn't want to saturate the wall too much and have too many things being jumbled together, especially because we have a limited number of colors and a limited number of holds at this point. Um, but we will be expanding um, our holds and the amount of holds on the wall the number of problems on the wall will have a lot more in the future. Right now it's 26. What? Yeah. There's 26 di different things to do on this wall right There's now. There's 26 different climbs on the wall. <laughs> we'll set a few more before we grand open. And then I think that once we get more holds, we can have around 45 climbs just on this portion of wall. You were so apologetic, like, you know, we're going to have more, we're going to expand. And it just turns out you're just being humble. Like there's already 26 roots on this wall. I was yeah. I'm like, oh, is it like nine? Like, what is it? Like, it's <laughs> 26? No. 26. So, yeah. So, okay, so how, how many people would, would this, as it currently is, the 70 feet with these 26 problems, how many people would kind of be cool to ha have come through? Let's say if someone wants to get a group together and they just kind of, I don't know, can you guys book birthday parties or anything like that? Is that an option? Or? We, haven't, we haven't talked about birthday parties at this uh, point. Honestly, I'm, I'm not a fan of kids' birthdays parties at, at gyms. No, like I, I meant like adults. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like an oh, office party. Like, yeah, or, sure. You can, yeah. you can do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, in terms of the number of people that you can bring in, you 
the wall space, how many you can have climbing on the wall at once is about seven or eight people. Okay. But as Farron has just experienced, climbing is really hard. And so <laughs> after climbing one route, you kind of want to rest for like three, four minutes, maybe five minutes. Or several more if you're and in my yeah, shape. <laughs> you know, and that's part of the joy of climbing is uh -huh. it's, a, it's a communal sport. It's about like hanging out and figuring out problems together. So it's not... It's not about just climbing, 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 only climbing. It's it's more about the community aspect of it. And mm -hmm. I think that that makes it so that the space can handle a heck of a lot more people. Probably in the 50, 40 to 50 people range can be climbing on this wall at once and not be too um, too frustrated with wait times. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so that's uh, that's another kind of nice thing is like when you go to a, a conventional gym, you're, there's always a kind of like um, consciousness about like if someone else is waiting for the machine or the weights that you're on or whatever, you don't want to be, you know, take up too much time, but you, you still want to take all the time you want. But when you're climbing with friends and stuff like this, you get to, uh, you take turns, you give each other feedback. Um, and, and that applies to like, you know, normal gyms as well. But just, it feels, I guess, uh, maybe, um, it's more fun to talk about, I feel like, you know, just because you're, you're doing something, yeah. right? Like, I have a lot of weights at home, so, which I generally neglect, <laughs> and I shouldn't. But um, it, I, 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 do, I do like the potential for the social aspect of it where you can, you know, be mentored or mentor someone else that's, that's new to it. And, um, and you get to immediately see your progress. So you get to see you know, if you're making it up or not and how you can fix um, whatever needs to be fixed. Um, yeah, um, let's see what else. Uh, so we talked about when I climbed one of these routes, I was laying on my back, like looking up, trying to figure out where to move my hands and I'm getting kita and it's like getting cross-eyed, like, <laughs> like, like, what am I supposed to do here? And, and then on the last one I just did, I did three. Uh, last one I just did, I'm like, never mind. I'm just gonna go and try and figure it out. And you gave me one, um, hint and you said it's not a dyno so i know what those means but for the listener can you explain what a static and dyno what those what those yeah. what those mean well let, let me start with a little bit um of a background of like climbing lingo there's like a huge vocabulary for climbing there's a ton of terms um i couldn't even cover all of them in here right now but i think that what it boils down to is there's different styles of climbs and different styles that you can have as a climber. Um, me, I'm a more dynamic climber, so that means I'll probably be doing some moves that maybe you won't do, you know what I mean? So yeah, Farron might be a static climber, and let me define those terms. So static climbers, they like to move slowly, they might like to lock off, and they like to keep at least three points of contact on the wall all the time. So. My hand here and this hand here, that's two points of contact. And then my feet count as two points of contact as well. So that's four points. When you're climbing, if you're a static climber, you like to keep three points on the wall at all times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you're a dynamic climber, you don't like to keep all your points of contact on the wall. Um, and you prefer to climb with two points or one point or at times zero points of contact. You're pretty much just jumping from so, hold to hold. Yeah, so so if you are if you have zero points of contact on the wall, that means you're dynoing, right? So that means that you are on a big hold and you leap and grab a different big hold, uh -huh. right? 
So that is an example of, do you want me to demonstrate? I can demonstrate right now. Sure. Okay. I'll so, just stay right here. You go ahead and do, right, do one real right. fast with your normal shoes. See this right over here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you can see this over here. <laughs> so, one sec. All right, go ahead. <laughs> go again. Go again. Okay. <laughs> You're leaping from one hold to the next hold in order to complete the route. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of other terms, but I think that's one that like catches people's eye mm -hmm. when with climbing. Like do, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. Do we do that? Except for Tom Cruise, does that happen in outdoor climbs? <laughs> More rare in outdoor climbs. Uh -huh. I think the the higher up you go in grade outdoor climbing, you'll see a lot more. Or if you're bouldering specifically outside, you'll mm -hmm. see it a lot more. Mm -hmm. But typically, no. Mm -hmm. It's more static. That's another kind of cool thing about the gym is I look forward to the day I can start doing dinos first. I want to just uh, get my weight down. I'm happy to climb static where you know I feel like I'm kind of heavy for where I want to be <laughs> in the kind of shape I am in and also I have my right shoulder is very easily injured so I've been kind of slowly rehabbing it um, just for my own quality of life so I don't as I age doesn't get worse and worse I'm trying to be proactive about it now I had an injury um, I don't remember when maybe a year and a half ago and I, I, they actually had to give me steroids to get it under control. It was extremely painful. And so I, I like to avoid that. And I feel like if I did start doing dinos right now, I would very easily injure myself. So I'm trying to just slowly build it up and then uh, get into the kind of shape where I can do those. But even if I can't, I still really enjoy just this, the static climb, just moving from one hole to the other. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's um, you know, I just did three problems and it's not it's not like anything else it's really not like anything else we we get to you get to do i mean yeah we have our outdoor climbing but this uh you don't have the fear of falling so much because our climbs are so much higher right and so here you get to really just focus on the motion on the technique and 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 what you want to do so it's um i I'm fundamentally, in my deepest heart of hearts, a very lazy person. <laughs> so I either like to be all the way on or all the way off. And I get to do that right here. I get to be climbing or I get to be laying or sitting down watching somebody else do it. So And um, while I'm doing a thing, I like it to be as fun as possible. And I think this is incredibly fun. And so um, I'm just kind of shout out to the people who are similar to me because some people are are just really gung-ho nonstop all the way. And then I feel like there's just some people are like me that are just... Uh, you know, we can chill and we can go all out and then we can chill and then we can go all out. And I feel like this is such a great way to do that. I guess you can, what I'm trying to say is it accommodates all types. Yeah. Yeah. And that, in my very brief experience here, it's very quickly obvious. Um, but what are your, uh, what are your hours going to be or, or when you guys yeah. grand open? Yeah. So logistics, um, we have the grand opening on the 22nd. Mm -hmm. I think this is probably going to be released after that point but mm -hmm. the grand opening is on the 22nd it's going to be from two o'clock until 2 30 for the uh commencement or uh for the opening process and then we'll be open until nine o'clock that night and it will kind of follow um 
it'll follow that for the hours of the rock gym, right? So from three o'clock in the afternoon until nine o'clock in the evening, that's when we'll be open. We'll be looking into expanding hours because coming from the States, we had gyms open from like, you know, 10 o'clock to 10 o'clock and, and that sort of thing. But here it's just a little bit different. So we're going to start with those hours and then we can expand later on once we see what interest looks like. Yes. So. Yes. The open till nine. So we get off of work. Yeah. We have time to go home, shower if you want, eat dinner if you want, and then come out here. Yep. That is amazing. Maybe not too big of a dinner. Uh-huh. Maybe a, maybe a light dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> it might make it hard to climb. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I, I, I'll take that as a challenge. Okay. okay <laughs> like I say with my diving is like, I like to eat barbecue before I go diving. Cause when you, when you burp, you get to, it's like, you get to taste it again. It's like eating it twice. Oh, boy. It's double the pleasure. I hope you don't fall flat on your stomach. Here. <laughs> oh no. Um, cool. So, uh, 3 PM as of this recording, 3 PM to 9 PM, which is wonderful. Yep. Um, and that's yeah. every day and that's every day. So seven days a week, seven days a week. Wow. So, wow. Even on weekends, you can do your thing in the morning, early afternoon, go home, shower, eat, and then you can come out here and uh, knock out some routes. Yeah. Oh. And then shower after because you're probably going to be pretty sweaty. This is where the this <laughs> is where that word uh, send comes. We've been seeing on social media lately, like send it. But oh, yeah, like it. I thought it started with climbing, but now I'm seeing it everywhere. But yeah. did it start with climbing? Is that a climbing word? You know, I don't I don't know if that like if that phrase I don't know where it developed exactly, but it's been in climbing for as long as I've been in climbing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that it was a thing actually in, in media now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, to, to send it, right, is a, a version of to ascend the, the climb. So we just shortened it to send it mm-hmm. from, from ascend or descend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every little sport has all their lingos and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I come from the free diving side of things. We have our own share of lingo and everything, and it's all it's all good fun just to kind of immerse yourself into the subcultures. That's part uh, of the fun. Yeah, it's definitely Learning part of the language. fun. Yeah. But also, it seems very um, also opening and open and, and kind of welcoming. Where there isn't too high a barrier to entry, like you said. There's tons of words. I didn't know most of them, but it's not going to stop you from climbing. No, you know, you can it's still like climb. just stay on the green ones or just stay on the orange. Ones. That's as simple as that. <laughs> You don't have to get any more complicated if you don't want to. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. Well, um, where, where, where can people find you, uh, your social media accounts, either your personal for the gym or both, whichever? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not in charge of our, our social media. So mm-hmm. I believe that it's Climbing Guam or Guam Climbing is the social media account. Um, we will have a website open very soon with one of those uh, monikers as the website domain name. And then... Um, and we're at the badminton courts here in Barragata. So just up a super steep hill. Be careful if you're driving a manual. And then, <laughs> and then we're at the top at the badminton courts. And eventually we'll have a sign up there as well. Um, but this is still very fresh, mm-hmm. right? So Yeah, it's, uh, it's on Instagram. I just pulled it up. It's Climbing Guam, one word, no dot or anything. Just Climbing Guam on Instagram. It's off of Bello Road. So if you're coming from above the overpass, you just turn right. Don't go down the overpass and it's going to be in there in this badminton building. And then, uh, or if you're coming from Alligetta, it's up that steep hill. Um, so again, on Instagram, it's Climbing Guam. Um, open 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, you were going to see something else I forgot. <laughs> oh, what are, what are those things? I've been looking at them this whole recording. <laughs> oh, and before yeah. I move on to that, the, the oh. pricing. Oh, yeah, um, pricing. Thanks. Pricing scheme for this. So right now we're $12 for day passes. A day pass means 
you know, it, it applies to the whole day. So you can buy it in the morning, come back in the evening, whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have something called a, a punch pass, right? And that's like a little card with preloaded day passes on it. So that's a V7 punch pass. That's seven day passes for the price of six day passes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's $72. And then we do have the monthly membership and the yearly membership. So pretty much the same breakdown as you'd find in the States at any other big gym. It's going to be very similar to that. So the monthly membership is going to be $80 and then the yearly membership is $880. Now that's a big pill to swallow, um, but there, there are, there's some benefits to doing those memberships, um, including uh, free day passes for your for your buddies. So two or three free day passes for anybody you want to come into the gym. Um, discounts on a lot of gear that we're going to be having in the future. And supporting us in actually building this place out into a pretty massive climbing gym, which I think Guam will really uh, appreciate and like. You'll probably like it. So I, I think so. I think uh, the time is ripe. Um, I heard there was a number of years ago there was a, uh, there was a gym that that didn't make it, but uh, you know times have changed like and like fitness has really become a thing. Southern Mountain Gear, Dan, Aaron, I love you guys. When um, when it opened, I wasn't sure how it was going to make it, uh, but you guys are killing it, absolutely killing it. So I think the timing is perfect. Like there's a lot of outdoor kind of communities um, popping up, and they're they're running strong and. Uh, and I, I feel like it's going to have a lot of success. I look forward to all the progress. I look forward to progressing as a as a climber myself. Maybe I can hit a V3 one day. <laughs> what did I just do over there? That was a V2, you said? Or yeah, V1 pl- plus V2? Okay. Okay. Now you're, now you're being nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I got any other final thoughts or anything you want to say? We didn't quite get to yet. Oh, yeah. What are those? I want to know what those are. Okay. Yeah. So these these right here, you may get to see them at the Micronesia Mall um, because they will they'll are, they're part of a challenge. You can win stuff um, with these, right? Oh. So these are little hanging, um, just little, little things to practice your finger strength with, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a thirty-eight millimeter ledge here, right? Fingers go right over the top. You have a twenty millimeter <laughs> edge right okay. here, and then you have a fifteen millimeter edge, pretty small. So you can add weight to your body. You can hang off of them with one arm. You can pick up weights attached to one end um, and, and train, train these guys so that you can climb a little bit harder. So, Yeah, I have a friend um, named Kate. And uh, when we started the uh, extreme cleanups, um, she was the kind of uh, first one there that had any experience with climbing. And she was setting our anchors and basically in charge of safety. And then we had Paul who came on the very next one. And Kate was saying that uh, as one of her pet peeves is like in movies is someone falls or whatever and they just catch the edge of a branch or edge of a building and it's just their fingertips. And she's like, that makes her so mad because it takes years and years to build up the kind of finger strength and not no random person could just do that. They would rip their fingers out or yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to hold it. It's pretty hard. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah like, that's not something you think about. Yeah, we got to develop our finger strength. We usually think about biceps or quads or whatever, but like finger, yeah. strength, like finger strength, you got to develop and, your uh, finger strength. That's so wild. Yeah, <laughs> get some massive forearms from it, you know? Mm -hmm. But let me just go off on this a little bit. So this is 38, 20, and 15, right? Um, It goes all the way down to six millimeters, actually four millimeters, but six millimeters, that's, that's like about that thick right there. It's like a, and people can do three nickels or what? People can do one arm (laughs) pull-ups off of that. (gasps) 
Yeah. Off of three nickels. Off of, yeah, off of three nickels like, stacked. Oh, Pretty man. crazy. That so is... you can you can get really deep into some finger strengthening stuff and, and make it a sport in and of itself. So And that's, those are the re- heights you can reach for. <laughs> um, or you can be like me, relatively, or just not in the best shape and just start off kind of easy and then work your way up. And, uh, you know, so that's, a, that's what I like about free diving, too, is you, you can be a five foot free diver and just learn, get comfortable. You can progress to 10, 20, 30 feet, and then you can go down to 100, 300 feet. Um, so it's whatever you're comfortable with, there's, there's, there's space for you. Yeah. And that's a really, that's, and it's, it's nice that you don't have to be really elite to climb with someone that's really elite. You can take turns and bounce off of each other and there's room for everybody. So, um, don't, I, I, I want to talk to maybe 18 year old Farron right now and just say that, you know, don't be intimidated. Just give it a shot. It's really fun. Don't worry about what you look like or what other people think about you. Uh, just, you just do what you know you want to do because it's, it's fun and there's room for you here. hundred <laughs> percent. You don't have to be exceptional to climb. Mm-hmm. You just start climbing. I don't even think I could climb the easiest one here when I first started climbing. So oh, wow. it just takes time. Okay, final thoughts, and then we're signing off. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I think I think I'm good. I appreciate the time. Okay, so uh, that was Noah Husband Banyas <laughs> uh, for the new rock climbing gym, climbing Guam on Instagram. Uh, uh, yeah, check them out, follow them, and uh, more importantly, show up. Give it a shot. Uh, try giving it a climb. It's 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 a it's it looks fun, and it's already more fun than it looks. All right, so thanks for joining us on this episode of The Guam Guy Show, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.